Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, October 22nd, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. In Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. And I'm the show's producer from somewhere in L.A. County. Whose name is? Roger Chang. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, we are missing a Sarah Lane today. She's got the day off. We, we, and, and by missing her, I mean she's missing from the show and we miss her. Uh, yeah. But she will be back tomorrow. So Justin, Roger, and I will attempt to hold down the fort. We're going to talk a little bit about Facebook potentially looking to buy a cybersecurity company. I just call them security companies, but in case you're talking to somebody who doesn't follow this stuff like we all do, uh, cybersecurity, even though it's cyber. I hate the word cyber. Anyway, (laughs) for another time, uh, let's start with a few tech things you should know. Linus Torvald is back after several weeks away from managing the the Linux kernel. Torvald is meeting with top developers of Linux at the Maintainer Summit in Scotland. Torvalds took a break to, quote, get some assistance on how to understand people's emotions and respond appropriately, end quote. Intel directly refuted a report from tech news outlet Semi-Accurate that claimed it was not accurate at all when they said sources said Intel would abandon development of a 10 nanometer process. Intel said the report was untrue and, quote, we are making good progress on 10 nanometers. Yields are improving, consistent with the timeline we shared during our last earnings report. And if you missed it, that last report promised 10 nanometer chips sometime next year. Oculus co-founder Brennan Iribe is leaving Facebook. TechCrunch reports Iribe is leaving because his project, a PC-based Rift 2 headset, was canceled as Facebook focuses on an all-in-one headset that doesn't require a connection to another device. So creative differences. He's going to do solo projects now. Samsung officially announced its HMD Odyssey Plus mixed reality headset. Still 500 bucks like the previous version, but with technology, it says eliminates the screen door effect. That's pretty much the only improvement here. There's a couple others we'll mention. Samsung is using a light diffuser to bleed light from adjacent pixels together to make those black lines that cause the screen door effect as they say, near impossible to see. Otherwise, the headset is a little lighter at 1.31 pounds, down from 1.42, has a wider nose guard, wider eye box, and is available now in South Korea with China, Hong Kong, and Brazil getting it soon. All right, let's talk about Bloomberg and modified motherboard allegations and Supermicro, Justin. 
The story that keeps giving us stories. Supermicro sent a letter to customers Monday saying it will conduct, quote, a complicated and time-consuming review to further address, end quote, allegations from Bloomberg, uh, from a Bloomberg report that its hardware had been compromised. Supermicro has denied the report that hardware allowing spies access to networks was placed on its motherboards during manufacture in China. Meanwhile, Andy Jassy, CEO of Amazon Web Services, tweeted at Tim underscore Cook. You know him? He's the CEO of that Apple place. Oh, yeah, I heard of him. That he was right. Cook was. Bloomberg's story is wrong about Amazon, too. They proved. Story kept changing and showed no interest in our answers unless we could validate their theories. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Reporters got played or took liberties. Bloomberg should retract. Second call for retraction, although a call for retraction from CEO Tim Cook of Apple, a much more unusual event than a call for retraction from Andy Jassy. I don't know that Andy Jassy has ever retracted anything before either, but he's not quite in the same spotlight that Tim Cook is. Uh, But reporters got played. Uh, is an interesting accusation. Starting to to put forward this idea like you you just don't know what you're talking about. Somebody's fooling you. I don't know who it would be that would fool a Bloomberg reporter and a Bloomberg editorial desk into printing this uh, and, and what, what their motivation would be. But at this point with this story, Justin, uh, I'm just about ready to believe uh, one explanation as much as another. When last we talked, we were parsing those initial one or two line reactions from companies. Yeah. They've now done full statements and asked for retractions. How are you feeling about it now? And, and and have doubled down almost consistently. Each time they say something, they say something more forceful than they did before. Uh, whereas, like you mentioned before, I was looking for the, the way that you could wiggle. Because whenever you're talking about government contracts and, you know, foreign governments and stuff like that, you got to be a little soft shoey. But this is... Absolutely the opposite. This is stomp. This is not ballet when it comes to them trying to deal with these rumors. Tim Cook does not comment on this stuff directly. He has now commented on it as publicly as he ever comments about anything, which is normally Alabama-Auburn football. So (laughs) at that level, this is about as commercial and popular culture uh, exposed that he gets. I agree with you, Tom. This is 
highly unlikely. And we're going to get to a point where either Bloomberg, Bloomberg right now has their relationships with these companies damaged because that's just what happens whenever you have something where they, the companies are saying, absolutely not. This is not true. You must retract. You're going to have to deal with some reputational fallout. But I'd be curious as a reader of theirs, I think that it is almost incumbent upon them to sh- open the kimono a little bit and and then show a little bit more of at least their thought process in terms of these sources and where it came from. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, some of this will be a repeat of, of things I've said previously, but the the situations that might fit the facts are the sources they're talking to know this happened, but are not allowed to tell anyone. So their bosses wouldn't know and their bosses could in full faith and honesty say this didn't happen because their bosses don't know and Bloomberg wouldn't be able to reveal who they are because it's confidential and it would it would cause legal issues for Bloomberg and others, uh, including the sources. It's not likely that this is trolls or social engineering unless it's social engineering by people in the government and at these companies. I'm going to trust at this point that Bloomberg is still good enough that they can tell when someone really did work at a place or really is working for the U.S. government or not. That's one of the first thing you ask about a source. Are they real? Are they vetted? Are they who they say they are? Uh, so given that, it's it's either they didn't know or this is, this is a, a highly coordinated uh, intelligence attack uh, to plant this for some reason uh, from within the U.S. Not not Russian trolls, not Chinese hackers, etc. Which is odd because the U.S. government has also kind of pushed back on right, this. Right, it's the same thing. People within the government and within the companies say it happened to Bloomberg, but they can't say who they are, whereas the people in charge of the government and in charge of the company say no. Uh, either we say it didn't happen or we have no evidence, but Interesting that Supermicro now having to go back and say, okay, to, to calm down investors, we need to go through and thoroughly examine this to make absolutely sure, certain that we can say, with all honesty, no, it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, one real quick journalism note. I have always referred to anonymous sources as kind of like black magic. They are very powerful. You need to use them very sparingly uh, uh, because at the end of the day, this can happen to you. If you don't have a federal official on the record, you don't have an ex-employee on the record that can take this kind of heat, then you are rep you are staking your outlet's reputation on the fact that trust us, we got this right. Yeah, and then a, a demon crawls out of your eye because you didn't know what you're doing with the black magic. That's a Mike Cole reference. Tech Radar notes some people are reporting that the new Windows 10 October 2018 update available to Windows Insiders doesn't handle zip files well, failing to ask for permission to overwrite previous versions, or sometimes just not writing the new version and not telling you, so you think you have the new version, but you still have the old version. This is if you're unzipping a file that is full of files that you've unzipped multiple times before. Microsoft has put the update out for testing after fixing a bug that deleted files for some users. So this zip file thing, not nearly as serious, but everybody's on the lookout for bugs this time around. Ars Technica's Peter Bright notes that some commentators believe that Microsoft is having these problems because it's trying to do two updates a year. Year and they should cut back. But Bright makes a very well-reasoned and researched argument that Microsoft needs to fix its development process. It's not about doing things two times a year. Ubuntu does things two times a year. Microsoft itself does Office every month. It's not about that. They'd have the same problems just once a year instead of twice a year unless they fix their development process in which they allow bugs to come out into public builds. Yeah. Uh- 
look, this is something that uh, Microsoft wants to keep pace and be thought of as a well-maintained and forward-thinking operating system, uh, uh, not just the standard that you get on the computer that you buy, specifically when they're creating hardware for it. So I can understand the the desire to do two uh, updates a year and... I don't know. Sometimes you're going to get some rat hair in the sausage, I guess. Well, I, I, I highly recommend people go read Peter Bright's article at Ars Technica uh, because he makes the argument better than I ever can. But what he's saying is it's the process that they use. If their process yeah. didn't allow bugs, if, and he compares it to Chrome OS, where every build is considered to be close to production ready, if not production ready. Uh, if Microsoft did that, they wouldn't have these problems. It's that they allow commits of code that are known to have bugs with the idea that they'll fix them afterwards. And yeah. sometimes that even leads to knowing there's a bug in a public release, but saying they'll fix it afterwards. And he says, look, this has been going on forever. Back when they would release a Windows every two or three years, you waited for the service pack because that's when they fixed the bugs that went out in the public version. Microsoft just needs to stop that and create a better infrastructure for testing and commit to squashing bugs before they go public. Seems pretty reasonable to me. Well, speaking of squashing problems, Amazon patched 13 security flaws in the open source free RTOS, which is used in the Internet of Things devices. Technical details will be disclosed in 30 days by Zimperium, which found the flaws. Amazon Web Services took over maintaining free RTOs core in November of last year. Yeah, so I think this is one that you might look at and go, oh, okay, well, that's interesting, whatever, a Internet of Things platform. Uh, but this is Amazon showing up on your radar in the cloak of Microsoft. <laughs> this is this is the, yeah. the Windows or Android of the future. The Internet of Things devices are multiplying. They're all over your house. And the interesting thing is you don't buy a smart home device because it runs free RTOS or safe RTOS or one of the distributions built on free RTOS. You just buy the smart thing. Right. So Amazon kind of taking over stewardship of this open source operating system is kind of just taking on a lot of problems uh, and at the same time feeling like, but then we'll benefit because we'll be in on the ground floor and we'll control, we'll be the Android of smart things devices, which is essentially kind of what this is right now. So this is a good story. Uh, Zimperium found flaws in Amazon's uh, stewardship worked and they squashed the bugs. And in 30 days, they'll make sure everybody knows about them once they're patched, once small companies have, have had a chance to put out the patches. Uh, but it's something to put on your radar that like, hey, Amazon is trying to be the Google, what Google is to smartphones and what Microsoft is to desktop operating systems. Fix these problems things. proactively now or deal with the front page story about your big problem later. Yeah. That 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 is the new law of corporate responsibility. IBM and Visa announced B2B Connect, a distributed ledger run on IBM's Ethereum-based permissioned network. The system tokenizes sensitive data like customer information and account numbers to help facilitate global payments. The problem with these things, and they're often called blockchains, even though permissioned networks are really just distributed ledgers. Uh, there's a lot of controversy over whether you should call them blockchain. It's like the hacker versus attacker debate. Everyone calls it a hacker, even though they know, well, it's not always necessarily the most appropriate word. So I didn't call it blockchain here because it really is a distributed ledger on a permission network. But this would be a big advance if they can make it scale uh, because Visa always touts that they can 
theoretically process payments faster than Bitcoin because of the breadth of their network, but they haven't been able to get a distributed ledger, a permissioned one, to scale to that level yet. Maybe this is the case. Well, there's going to continue to be a need to transfer this kind of information. Bitcoin creates a decentralized platform to do it, and Visa and IBM are gigantic brand names that want to get in on the new thing. So uh, I think that that, that this makes sense on a lot of levels. Every press release on this will use the word blockchain, just so you know. Yes. So please uh, apply your blockchain terminology appropriately. It is really just a chain of blocks after all. (laughs) Intellivision is planning a comeback, but not in a tiny nostalgia form, but a new console called Amico. The idea is that each title will be affordable between $3 and $8 or so, exclusive to the platform. And once you buy it, it's the whole game. No DLC. The games announce our full reimagined classics from Intellivision, Atari, iMagic, and more, including Astro Smash, Baseball, Centipede, and Tempest, along with others. Uh, they hope to sell the console for $149 to $179 and target people who find the barrier to entry for a current, for a current gaming scene too high. But in any case, don't be in a hurry. Amico is expected to come out October 10th, 2020, when I'm sure nothing will be different in the world. (laughs) Right, Tom? Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, You know, so we've seen Commodore try to come back with a brand new device. Uh, Atari is doing the same thing, a gaming device under the Atari name and, and sort of leveraging its, its, its ability to say, oh, and you can also play all those classic Atari uh, titles. And then, of course, what Nintendo has done is just put out small versions, and Sega now too, uh, small versions of its old consoles that play its old games. But what Amico is trying to do, or Miko, is, is compete with Nintendo. And Nintendo's big advantage is to say, hey, uh, you maybe you don't need all the power of a PlayStation or a PC, uh, and we're here for you. You just want to play fun games with the family. That was the big success of the Wii. It's uh, one of the things that still drives the success of the Switch. And so, when Television is saying maybe we can get in on that action uh, by being even cheaper and leveraging that nostalgia that we had. Granted, not that Nintendo is lacking any kind of nostalgia. You've got all kinds of old games you can play on the Switch now, but uh, I don't know. Not not a bad gamble, but like you say, by 2020, uh, things on the ground might be a little different. What well, also uh, seems like... The, sorry, go ahead, Roger. Oh, no, I was just going to say, this. I liken these to the commemorative plates that people, they used to hawk <laughs> on TV for whatever bit of nostalgia that you had 10, 15, Wait, 20 but years you're ago. talking, that, that's not what this no, is at all. No, 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 I know. But they're trying to leverage that in a way, they're trying to leverage the whole nostalgia scene that, that's occurring right now in order to... I don't think move. so, though. I, maybe. I, I mean, I, if no, you read the speech, would... if you read the speech, he was very much like, no, this is going to be a great console for people to play now. And, and yeah, okay, so we got a bunch of nostalgia games. They didn't emphasize the nostalgia as much as usual. That was what I took away. No, 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 I actually think that you're both right. And this is why this product is bad, is that it is trying to be the best of both worlds. And it is trying to get Rogers commemorative plates. And I don't know if these games are necessarily thought of as fondly as maybe Amico wants to think of them uh, in terms of the modern uh, of the modern market. Nor do I necessarily think that people are going to put a ton of time and effort into creating uh, uh, games for this platform when they're going to cap the uh, amount that you're going to charge for between $3 and $8, which is like more expensive than a mobile game, way less expensive than a console. 
We'll see what happens in 2020. But if, if, if Nintendo has famously had a hard time figuring out third party uh, developers and they've been better with the Switch, let me let me make that clear. Then I have no idea what Intellivision has up their sleeve. Hey, Roger, I think what my interpretation of what Intellivision is doing is saying, hey, we've got a really great plate that you can use for your food right now, and it's super cheap, and it comes with these four small commemorative plates, too. Yeah, but if you remember, those commemorative plates also said, not for eating. Right, no, that's what I'm saying. Intellivision is saying, no, this plate's for eating. And we also have some small commemorative plates. It's a very interesting way to approach the market. You know, good luck on them. I, good you on know, them, I'll, yeah. I, I'll see how they do in a couple of years. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. So the information, uh, the, the, the web publication, has sources that say Facebook has ramped up what it had been looking at doing for a while, uh, trying to acquire a security company. Sources say Facebook wants to buy a company with software it could fold into its existing services to secure user accounts and alert them to hacking attempts. Uh, Luke Stengel at Silicon Valley Business Journal points out that Facebook has made some small cybersecurity acquisitions in the past, uh, including in 2014. They bought out Palo Alto-based Private Core. Uh, They are looking for companies that do analytics, suspicious behavior monitoring, and account risk assessment. So instead of uh, a security company that does like antivirus or something like that. They want to do something that specifically is going to help a user who has an account on Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp. Cupertino-based Demisto, San Francisco-based Jask, Colorado-based Swimlane, Maryland-based ZeroFox, and Virginia-based Safeguard Cyber are all identified by the information as the types of startups that might fit the bill, although none of their sources would say which companies Facebook is actually talking to. So they may or may not be talking to any of these. Uh, well, interesting, Justin, uh, though, the idea of Facebook making a bigger splash to buy buy some security, both from a PR standpoint as well as a security standpoint. And also, let's just uh, ask the question very quickly. We don't have to dwell on it. Where do you think this story is coming from? I would guess that it's probably among these companies that want to uh, fashion themselves, whether the interest is real or or not. And I have no reason to assume that it's not uh, as acquisition targets by gigantic companies like Facebook. Moving on. This is a very interesting story to me for this reason. Facebook and I think a lot of these internet platforms have thought about security as a, oops, you screwed up the user. We'll make it easy for you to help clean up your mess that you made uh, uh, up till now. And we are looking at a, a real crisis point in the reputations and quite possibly a situation where government intervention could be something that is on the horizon for some of these companies, including Facebook. So now the question seems to be not only with this story, but also others that we've seen are, well, wait a minute. Maybe we weren't as customer focused as we were before. Maybe we did tip the scales a little too far on the, hey, let's make sure that we funnel these people into as many advertising channels as possible instead of let's make sure that these guys, that that our users have a good experience, not just a profitable experience for us because their thoughts of us, not only as users, but also as voters and uh, members of the larger culture, 
is very important. And so whether or not this is theater or this is we need to lock down a, a problem that we are, are seeing develop, to me, it is important that this is consumer level security and not necessarily the larger, okay, we have a bot swarm that's trying to attack us. And it's the difference between a locksmith and the CIA. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Uh, back in, in August, uh, Facebook's chief security officer, Alex Stamos, left to take a job at Stanford. Uh, I'm not saying that that is the cause of this, but he is the guy that you would point to in a room after 30 million <laughs> accounts uh, were accessed by a login token stolen during a bug in the view as function, right? He's not there now. So if I'm an angry CEO of a company, one solution I might come up with when I don't have that chief security officer around anymore to say, here, you fix this, is, you know what? We're not letting this happen again. Who's the best at this out there? We will buy them. Yeah. And and that is my best guess about what happened here. Granted, it's going to look great in the PR and, and the, those are feed-in reasons to justify, like, should we do this? Yes, we should, because we win on all these counts. Uh, but I guarantee, well, I don't want to guarantee. I almost guarantee that the knee-jerk reaction is, we can't let this kind of thing happen again. This is a black eye when we already have bloody knees and got punched in the gut recently. Uh, and so we need to hire protection. Uh, we obviously can't do it ourselves, gentlemen, because look what happened. Let's buy something. Well, and uh, I'm surprised that this is not more of something that, that that this is being reported as kind of like a novelty that 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 uh, Facebook would want to buy a company like this. It, it seems like, and possibly because this might just be an industry for which the brain drain leads to companies like Google and Facebook and and massive companies with gigantic uh, uh, hiring potential, but. Certainly, it doesn't stop a lot of engineers that create something interesting that just gets snapped up by, by Facebook and Google for various different reasons to create products. Security is a major issue. But again, to me, the most interesting element of this is that it's not necessarily that Facebook wants to care about security. It's that there is a paradigm shift that is currently under, that is currently happening in our culture making my Facebook account is insecure. Oops, that's my fault old and busted new hotness my facebook account is insecure facebook should have done better to make sure that it was more yeah. secure to begin with and that's the that's the shift from geeks who feel like generally uh you know back in the 90s like hey if you're using the internet use at your own risk right you you should be aware of what you're doing to the general public saying hey i'm using your product you need to make sure it's safe and secure like all products well, and also the money was a lot less then, right? Like, like we're on the internet because we like to talk about Doctor Who. Yeah, right. Uh, like now it's like, oh, you are a gigantic company that is uh, tilting all of humanity. Guess what? That great power comes with great responsibility. I forget who said that. Uh, it should be a movie about it. Somebody, Stan, something. Anyway, uh, po worth pointing out one last time. Looking at companies for suspicious behavior monitoring and account risk assessment. So this isn't about securing accounts at the level of the user this is about figuring out when somebody has has sneaked in to your system 
and stopping them before the damage is done. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. I'm extremely proud of the comments in there recently. You guys have been doing great. Uh, And of course, we have a Facebook group if you're on there, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's check in with Nate Langson about what's coming up on episode 148 of Text Message. Roger. Nick Clegg. What is the point of Facebook hiring him? Uh, Of course, he is the ex-Prime Minister of Britain, uh, where we are broadcasting from. And so we've got a lot of local insight we think we could probably shed on this topic. What do we think he's going to do over there in Menlo Park? You can find out our thoughts on that by listening to text message at techpodcast.uk. You're on episode 148. Thank you, Nate. All right, let's uh, dip into the mailbag. It doesn't feel the same without Sarah here, but we'll do our best. Al Spaulding, uh, who calls himself a libertarian, thought we would find this interesting. Jamie Dupree, a radio reporter for Cox Communications, uh, which broadcasts on multiple radio stations throughout the Southeast, has been a Washington correspondent for a long time. About two years ago, he developed a medical condition that prevented him from speaking more than a couple words, which makes a radio career very tough. However, Al writes he is back on the air through the miracle of software. Full explanation in the story of Jamie Dupree's blog below. A company contacted him with software that uses some machine learning to analyze his years of recordings and pick out the words so that now he can type up his story, run it through the software, and his voice comes out reading it. Uh, And there's some great videos of him hearing this for the first time. Uh, his anchor station is WSB Radio in Atlanta, so the, the link is to the uh, Atlanta newspaper. Program director is Pete Spriggs, uh, but uh, you might want to check this out. Uh, we'll include a link in the show notes as well. Thank you, Al, for bringing that to our attention. And thank you, Justin Robert Young, for joining us. What's going on in your world these days? Well, I just back from Politicon, uh, which was fantastic, and uh, thank you to everybody that I saw down there, but... There's no rest for me in October as uh, we will be at uh, TwitchCon this weekend in San Jose. So uh, Brian and I are doing a talk there on Saturday. But you can follow all of the fun at uh, uh, my Twitter, twitter.com slash Justin R. Young. Go, folks. Check it out. Also, a reminder, if you didn't realize this, folks who support us at the $5 level on Patreon got a special experimental episode called From the Editor's Desk on Friday. It was just me talking at length about my thought processes and critiques in evaluating a tech story. And this one had to do with Facebook's election war room tour that they gave to reporters. So if you're at that level or you decide to increase to that level, check it out uh, and let me know what you think patreon.com slash dtns and we'll have a link directly to the post in our show notes also don't forget we've got a fine selection of dtns stuff hats and hoodies uh mouse pads and more stickers even go check them out dailytechnewsshow.com slash store our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com we're live monday through friday 4 30 p.m eastern 2030 utc you can find out more about that at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live back tomorrow with patrick beja talk to you then show is part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program <laughs> hi this is janice torres from yo quiero dinero if you own or operate a business whether it's a local operation or a global corporation 
Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.